It's working. Okay. Yay. Yay. Okay. So, good news. We're in our brand new audio setup. We're recording in different software with different equipment. And I sound like Delilah. I was about to say, why are you doing Delilah. your best KLTY voice? Thank you for listening to KLTY Love Songs. <laughs> I'm your host, Erin McCann. I need to not quit my day job. Um, hey, girl. Okay. <laughs> Hi. Hi. We uh, all have headphones. We all have headphones. We all have microphones. This is yes. amazing. And I don't have to look down at the ground <laughs> to speak into the microphone. Or lay with my face down. <laughs> yes, that's right. Although your levels are still strangely lower than all the rest of us, okay. but it is. Well, I was turned away. I was turned away. Yeah, that's perfect. Good. Okay. Um. So, how are you guys enjoying the Urban Legends episodes? I'm loving them. I yeah, I am too. I'm also loving them, and I hope that our listeners think we're as funny as we think that we are. Because when I edit these back, I laugh a lot. And then when they play, I laugh too. I laugh again. I'm like, surely someone else thinks this is hilarious and not just me. You know, I've gotten really good feedback on on these episodes. Mm -hmm. Like, people have come to me and told me, like, yeah, these are are good. That's nice. I know. That's good. Yeah, our listenership is actually slightly higher on these episodes too, so... Um, I guess we beat that superstition into the ground, and it was time to move on to something new. So but that's for, okay. We for did. A year we and did something we you guys didn't care about it now. Yeah, no. we, we appreciate you hanging in there for two years and listening every now and again. And, <laughs> two and years. Two years of superstition, right? Wow. We're in, we're in year three. That is right. And for the first time in three years, we each have our own microphone. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for supporting us on Patreon, because that's how we did this. It only took three years, and we love our new equipment. Yes, we sure do. Thank Thank you for listening to KLTY. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What are we talking about today? Well, I thought we'd continue moving alphabetically through the alphabet. Alphabetically. I was hoping you'd say that. I think think the things I say are so funny, but they're not. But I think they are. Um, (laughs) And then say them over. And then no one laughs. I giggle. No one laughs at all. And then when I say these things that I don't think are particularly funny, that's when I get all the texts. Uh, it's like, hey, how's your day? Are you going alphabetically through the alphabet? And I'm like, well, I regret leaving that in. No, not at all. So we're doing um, Connecticut, which would be the next one alphabetically. Connect, I cut. Connect, I cut. That's right. And I had to say that in my head several times to actually be able to spell it. Right. Right. Every time. <coughs> Every single time. Every like time. Wednesday. Wednesday. Yes, or February. Right. Exactly. Right. Y'all do that too? Surprise. I'm so happy. Yeah. Well, I can't spell anything, so I have to use every mnemonic I can. Very bad at spelling. So here's the deal. Um, we some, Most of the states we've done, in fact, both of them that you've done so far, Tammy, have been really large, like geographically large True. states. And you see a handful of urban legends. Usually, like, there's one or two that sort of stick out. So Connecticut's a really small state, and it's up there in New England where there's a bunch of them. So I'm like, there's probably not going to be that much. Um, But that is not the case. So it was um, actually chock full of urban legends. And not just like a run-of-the-mill ghost story or a vague story like the one that I did for Alabama where they're like, oh, we can't really place it. And, you know, remember the the Hell's Gate Bridge? Yeah. It maybe happened, maybe didn't happen kind of thing. Well, it's not like that. Um, These are honest-to-goodness urban legends, like the kind that you would tell at a sleepover. And those. Right, which is why we started. 
Um, so when I was doing this research, I came up with at least three or four different stories that were covered by the TV show Supernatural and or American Horror Sto- Story, which oh, are nice. shows that okay. kind of dip into both of these. And by the way, listeners, if you happen to hear strange sounds in the background, um, I do have a uh, an infant here in the home who is uh, making a ton of noise. So just apologies if you hear a baby crying in the <laughs> He's background. Not the happiest. Of <laughs> we're we're today. doing the best we can. <laughs> so we've left our husbands unsupervised for this yes. episode, so there's no telling what's happening. Yes, we have husbands downstairs with the children, um, and I I think Terrence may be live tweeting this. Uh, um, he did say something like that. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. apologies in advance. Um, anyway, so <laughs> it was kind of hard to choose because so many of them were mentioned repeatedly. It was hard to just pick one. And so, like, I won't walk through all of them, but um, one of them was, like, Leatherman, which you've probably maybe at least heard yes. heard of, even if you don't know it. I've heard of Leatherface, but not Leatherman, actually. Leatherface, and, like, from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, sure, well, sure, sure. And the rapper, but. Um, I don't think it's the same. I didn't do the research on that. That was just one that popped up that I'd at least heard of before. And there was another one on, like, sea serpents and there was a vampire story there was a bigfoot story like lots of legitimate urban legends but i decided to focus on the curse of dudley town i like it okay i already like it any clue yeah no okay so one of my very favorite websites is a digest list serve called only in your state have you ever heard of it uh-uh no so you just like type in your email address and sends you something every day so kevin and i subscribe to the texas one and it's great you get a daily digest of cool things that are happening in your state maybe it's a hidden gem a hidden gem of a restaurant in a small town or a recommendation for a pie eating festival oh, i mean sure. there's always like a photo at the end that's like beautiful picture of texas scenery like so we've just like found kind of some off the wall things to do and we love road trips so like yeah we subscribe to that that's fun that's fun send me that website later. i can do that yeah. i can do that so when i started researching this particular urban legend the first site that popped up was the only in your state for connecticut um and the byline said dudley town the creepiest abandoned town in connecticut I'm like, yeah. Is this Dudley Town? Dudley Town. Dudley Town. Dudley with Dudley. a U. Okay, got it. As in Harry Potter's cousin. As in Harry Potter's cousin. All right, so we're going to look at the history part first, which I know is Amanda's favorite thing. Yes. Okay, so the Dudley family, not to be confused with everyone's least favorite cousin, Dudley Dursley. <laughs> uh, the Dudley family can trace their bad luck all the way back to England and Henry VIII when Edmund Dudley was beheaded by the right. king for treason. So you know who I'm talking about. Well, no, he just beheaded everyone, so. Also yeah. true. He was the speaker for the House of Commons and the president of the oh. king's council. When Henry VIII came to power, he imprisoned Edmund Dudley and swiftly executed him for suspected rallying of arms during the last days of his father, Henry VII. I see. If you don't know much about Henry VIII, uh, his entire reign was kind of filled with paranoia. So he had decided, Mm -hmm. be it true or untrue, no one really knows, but he had decided that Edmund Dudley had been conspiring against him as he rose to power, quickly had him arrested, executed, beheaded. Hmm. Um, So those history buffs, the the Dudley family's poor luck continued during the Tudor reign. Have you ever heard of the brief ruling of Lady Jane Grey, also known as the Nine Days Queen? No. no. Okay. Okay, when Henry VIII died, his son briefly reigned. His son was quite ill and passed. Okay. He then, um, the next queen was Mary, Queen Mary, the one that they called Bloody Mary. Oh, okay. okay. Yes. Okay. After Mary died, she named Lady Jane as the successor rather than Queen Elizabeth I because Queen Elizabeth was a Protestant. And Got Queen it. Mary was a Catholic. Yeah. Lady Jane, who was a uh, a cousin, I can't remember exactly, like a first cousin or a second cousin or something. Anyway, she was in the royal family. 
She was also Catholic. And at one point, they thought she might be betrothed to um, the elder brother, or not not the elder brother, um, Henry's son. I can't remember the name of Henry's son that I don't, ran I for just you. a very brief time. Um, but he died. And so Lady Jane was part of this royal family, and Got Queen Mary it. named her as her successor. Okay. So for nine days, and only nine days, she reigned as queen before... People couldn't rally the support needed, and then Elizabeth came to reign. They had her arrested, eventually executed. Mercy. Yes, that was very long. I'm sorry. So Lady Jane was married to Edmund Dudley's grandson, whose name was Guildford Dudley. Guildford. Guildford. After it was determined that Jane Grey was a pretender to the throne, uh, Guildford and his father, John, were executed by Queen Elizabeth I, and then later she was also executed. So it was kind of part of it's There's a great story behind it, but I, I could go. execution happening here. There was a lot going on in medieval <laughs> England. Um, anyway, this, these notes are long enough. I'm not going to go too much further. But just know yeah. that, like, through the Tudor reign, we're now talking about two different Dudley yeah. family members. Okay, so later another Dudley. So this is a third. And this was a brother to Guildford. Okay. okay. His name was Robert. Uh, he actually became a longtime companion of Queen Elizabeth. Oh. Um, and many believe that they carried on a many years affair, though they never married. She never married. Scandalous. So just keep in mind all of this that's like the kings and queens' whims change all the time. So right. she executes his elder brother and then takes up a longstanding affair with him. Right. Okay, so I've Must bored... have been very close with his brother. Right, exactly. <laughs> okay, so now I've bored you for ten minutes about English history. I liked it. The continuation of the Dudley Curse. <laughs> the Dudley Curse. So people say that this curse was established with the very first one that was executed by Henry VIII, that the family is cursed and bad luck mm-hmm. has followed them. Mm-hmm. So Reasonably so, that is a lot of executions. It's a lot of executions. Yeah. Like, I'd also be looking for a fresh start. <laughs> <laughs> so after the beheading of their ancestor... The Dudley's family, the Dudley family, fled to America in hopes of escaping this curse. But their involvement with a mythical book believed to open the gates of hell doomed them and anyone who befriended them. The town they established was repeatedly plagued by murder, suicide, madness, and failed business. Right, I want to move there. Apparently, right. failed business is equal to murder. Right. Um, there <laughs> yeah. is very little left of this town, though it will never be forgotten. Okay, so that's there's your urban legend. Like now, let's dive into it for the next 47 pages. <laughs> okay, so something that should be mentioned was that Dudley Town was never actually a town. Oh. oh. It's a more isolated part of Cornwall. So the village rests in the middle of three large hills, which accounts for the recollections of it being nearly dark at noontime, which people attributed to a curse. Mm. The, uh, the, you don't want to move there. No. No, you need no. sunlight, boo. Mm-hmm. The Cornwall Township was never a good area for farming. I wonder why. As is apparent by the rocks that were used to build the foundations and stone walls that still stand today. In spite of all of this, settlers began to trickle into the area. The Tanner family, the Joneses, the Pattersons, the Dibbles, and the Porters all took up residence here. The Dibbles. <laughs> <laughs> like, ask me later why I felt the need to list all those families. <laughs> this is what happens when you are doing notes on very little sleep. The community grew even larger after iron ore was discovered nearby and farming became a secondary concern. But there were never any stores, shops, schools, or churches in Dudley Town. Provisions had to be purchased in nearby towns. And when one died, like when someone died, a trip to Cornwall, (laughs) when one person died, um, a trip to Cornwall was necessary because in addition to there being no church, there was also no cemetery. Oh. So the population of Dudley Town was never very large, and according right. to an 1854 map, the peak number of families who lived here only ever reached 26. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. So as we've established this town, it's already sort of set up for failure. Right. Okay, in spite of all of these things, the town did thrive for a short time. 
Dudley Town was noted for its timber, which was burned and used to make wood coal for the nearby Litchfield County Iron Furnaces in Cornwall. It's a mouthful. The furnaces later moved closer to the railroads and more industrial towns, and the more industrial towns and the lumber was no longer needed. Iron ore was used from the area for a time, and there were three water-powered mills in Dudley Town as well. Most of these mills eventually closed because the long trip down, it took a long time to go down the mountain to deliver the goods. Mm, mm-hmm. Despite the outward signs of prosperity, there were strange deaths and bizarre occurrences at Dudley Town from the very beginning. Some historians have attempted to downplay the unusual events in recent years. They'll debunk the legends of the towns by first stating how few people there ever were who lived there, and then they try to downplay disappearances, cases of insanity, and weird deaths as if these sorts of things happen all of the time. Right. And maybe, maybe they do. Maybe. Maybe they do. But why are so many unusual things happening in an isolated area with so few people living in it? The number of deaths that have occurred here would not be such a high number in a larger town, but in this small community, one can't help but wonder what exactly was taking place. There are also, I believe... An inordinate number of people who went insane in this area, as well as people who vanished, who simply vanished, that are in addition to those who are documented here. It's no wor- It's no wonder, bogus or not, that a story started about the deadly town curse. Right. Of course, yeah. So, like we've seen in many other urban legends, it starts with a fact, and then it continues on to hearsay. So, right. okay, right. So, there were some murders. So, yes. there were some disappearances, and some people went crazy. That happened in all the towns. We're only talking about 26 families to begin with, so it is sort of a concentrated area of these things to be happening. So three of the Dudleys moved out of the region and lived long and full lives, dying of natural causes and forever diminishing any possibilities of a curse. These people escaped the curse or never existed in the first place. Go you guys, they got out. Only Abiel Dudley, one of the founders, remained in the town and after a series of misfortunes, lost his entire fortune and his mind. Abiel died in 1799 at the age of 90, and when he was no longer able to pay his debts, the town took his property, sold it, and made him a ward of the town. Hmm. Towards the end, Abiel was senile and insane and would not be the last to suffer from this affliction. Right. So he had dementia as a 90-year-old. And and history has not traditionally been kind to those who start to lose their memory, as we know. Right. Also, I'm impressed that in the 18th century, he lived to be 90. As am I. Like, what? So... In 1792, seven years before Abiel Dudley passed away, his good friend and neighbor, Gershon Hollister, Stop. unknown if he was a founder of the Hollister brand. You know Gershon. You know Gershon. <laughs> well, Gershon was killed while building a barn at the home of William Tanner, Abiel's closest neighbor. Tanner was also said to have gone insane, although likely from old age and senility rather than from supernatural influences. I'm not sure how you discern the, the difference. Term. Yeah. Uh, this man lived to the age of 104. Okay. And a, right. This like, is impressive. It's something, that in, something in the water there, <laughs> yeah. I think. <clears throat> According to the records, though, he was slightly demented at the time of his death. Yeah, right. Well, He's 104. Right. <laughs> um, there have been stories circulating that claimed that Tanner told other villages, villagers, sorry, villagers of strange creatures that came out of the woods at night. Uh-oh. If this is true, there is no way for us to know if these creatures were products of the unexplained or, unfortunately, products of his diminishing mind and mental capability. They're the puck ones. The puck ones. I think they were. I think that's exactly what they were. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so for just a brief second, I looked down and thought it was no longer recording. I've done I was that, about like, to cry times. because the waveform looks completely different in this. Oh. It moves way clo- slower than the yes. other one. So uh, I've done that several. I was like, wait, it's yeah, not doing we're, anything. We're running a timer here, so we're okay, but I almost cried. 
Okay. <laughs> Gotta say all that again. <laughs> I'm so tired. Tell us okay. again about all the families. <laughs> okay, so let me tell you about all the families that clearly I read these notes twice because now I'm like, that was so unnecessary. Okay, so we're going back to another family. The Nathaniel Carter family moved to Dudley Town in 1759 and lived in a house once owned by Abiel Dudley before he was made a ward. Remember he was made a ward? Oh, right. Okay. He was um, a little unwell. A mysterious plague swept through Dudley Town and Cornwall and took the lives of, oh, this name, um, a Donoram Carter family, relatives of Nathaniel. What? Oh, okay, anyway, so that guy died. Um, <laughs> and they were saddened by the loss, as you would be. Okay, they moved to Bing, Binghamton, New York, from Dudley Town in 1763. I hate everything right now. Hampton, Framptonshire. Hampton, the, I believe that's the next line, Hampton, Framptonshire. Okay, so now that I've just stumbled through, like, destroying whatever remained of that family's history here in, in audio context, um, those who believe in the curse say that um, the curse of Dudley Town followed after them but that their tragic fate was actually far too common during the early days of the frontier. So they're... Yeah. Okay, so let me uh, let me recap, because clearly I didn't feel the need to do that when I was scripting the notes. <laughs> so this family lived in the home before the man was made a ward. Right. They felt misfortune. They left, thought the curse followed them. Mm-hmm. Could have made that a lot easier on all of you. Okay, so the Carters moved to the Delaware wilderness in the heart of Native American territory. And during an attack, Native Americans slaughtered Nathaniel, his wife, and an infant child. The Carters' other three children were abducted and taken to Canada, where two daughters were ransomed. The son, David Carter, remained with his captors, married a Native American girl, and later returned to the United States for his education. He went on to edit a newspaper and later became a justice on the Supreme Court. Oh, he made a name for himself, Mr. David. Another bizarre tragedy affected one of the most famous residents of the region, General Herman Swift, who had served in the Revolutionary War under George Washington. In 1804, his wife, Sarah Fay, was struck by lightning while standing on the front porch of their home near Dudley Town. Oh my god. Tragic. She was killed instantly. The general went insane and died soon afterwards. Many have dismissed this incident as not being connected to the other unusual events, saying that Swift did not actually live in Dudley Town, but on Bald Mountain Road, where his house remains today. And that he only went insane when he became old and senile. But... In an area this sparsely populated, the records indicate three people to have gone insane in the space of less than half a century. Could this be mere coincidence? And does a person being struck by lightning while standing on their front porch qualify as being unusual? Personally, I, mean, I would say so. I would say that's unusual. I'd prefer I mean, that not to happen to me. <laughs> so, Or anyone that I know. Right. Right. Okay, so another famous person allegedly connected to Dudley Town was Horace Greeley, the editor and founder of the New York Tribune. Or so the stories of the curse go. In this case, the story deserves to be debunked because we don't want to make a story larger. They're better with their own mystery, right? So this one is not totally true. Greeley married a young woman named Mary Young Cheney, who the stories of the curse say was born in Dudley Town. But the truth was Mary was born and raised in nearby Litchfield and never lived in Dudley Town. Okay. She left the area as early as 1833 and went on to live in a vegetarian boarding house that was owned by Dr. Graham of Graham Cracker fame. Sorry, vegetarian boarding, boarding house? house. Mm-hmm. A vegetarian boarding a house. A boarding house for vegetarians? Or just the owners were vegetarian? Mm-hmm. Or do we? Yes, she knows all of the answers <laughs> to this. Well, Tammy, while I, a... while I can't answer your questions about vegetarians, I can tell you the names of all the founding families <laughs> in Dudley Town. As I'm reading this, I'm like, well, this whole section might just get cut, but I'll go ahead and record it for the sake of it. Nah. 
Okay, so um, owned by Dr. Graham of Graham Crocker fame and became involved in the popular wellness movement of the time. So an, an early okay. version of Tammy, essentially. Right. We're into... Graham crackers and veggies. <laughs> Graham crackers, veggies, and uh, herbal like a, rollers on our heads. Yes. <laughs> sounds like a great lifestyle for me. Uh, while she was there, she met and later married Horace Greeley. In 1872, Greeley ran for president against Ulysses S. Grant hmm. and lost the election. Right. Never heard his name. Uh, a short time before that election, Mary suffered from an attack of lung disease and died. Not Mary. Poor Mary. Was for, it the consumption? Remember when I had consumption? All right. Oh, God. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> or the morbid sore throat. The morbid <laughs> sore throat. I just kept looking it up, and I'm like, nope, that's not what I have. Nope. Morbid <laughs> sore throat returns. <laughs> <laughs> Having a morbid sore throat every three or four weeks, I think. Um, let's see. So Mary suffered from lung disease and died. Her death occurred in New York City with her husband and two daughters, Ida and Gabrielle, in attendance. She was buried in Greenwood Cemetery. The legends claim she committed suicide, but this was not the case. Greeley himself died one month later, and the electoral votes that he received in the election were distributed to minor candidates. So he didn't even make it. Oh, I know. I'm annoyed for her that she died of lung disease and people started a rumor that she committed suicide. That seems unnecessary. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of this that it's like, okay, it was this, but actually it was this. So, you know, but anyway, before we move to kind of like current day Dudley Town, because that's all, I mean, we're talking about late 1700s, early 1800s, and not a lot more after that. I think to to sum up a lot of unnecessary (laughs) names and details, there were very few families. It was kind of a shady, bad area. It was established by a family who had a horrible reputation in a previous country that, like, is still in the history books. And then some sketchy things happened. So take from that what you will. Right. All right. So now we're post-Civil War. Okay. Um, After the Civil War, Dudley Town began to die, and many of the villagers simply packed up and moved away. The demise of the town itself is hardly surprising, whether you believe in the curse or not. The geographical location, as established, was foolhardy at best. Surrounded by hills at elevations of more than 1,500 feet, there was little chance a good crop would ever grow and sustain life in the village. Fair, yeah. The winters were harsh, and even hardy apple trees were stunted from months of cold. Um, We mentioned already the soil was rocky. The area was plagued by too much water, which pooled into tepid swamps and seeped into the earth, creating a damp morass. Morass? Damp morass. Hmm. I don't know what that means. Yeah, I mean, if you just want to read your notes before you record, (laughs) look up what words mean. Um, Even if you overlook the idea of an actual curse, though, and admit that the location was just terrible, there was a sheer, a high number of unusual deaths, even if we leave out the whole Mary Greeley story. As well as as well as mental conditions um, in such a small, isolated area that suggests that at least something was out of the ordinary occurring in the little town. And no matter how hard debunkers try to disregard the next mysterious event uh, to occur in Dudley Town, their efforts fall short. Hmm. So this, ready. So you ready? I'm ready. Considering I didn't read this, I hope it lives up to your expectations. <laughs> okay, so this event occurred in 1901 at a time... When the population of Dudley Town had dwindled to almost nothing, one of the last... That's singing? I think that was singing. Is that your husband or mine? I couldn't tell. I really couldn't either. That, for some reason, they don't Probably sound mine. alike at all, but... I think that was Terrence. More likely mine. <laughs> if I can discern later if it was Terrence, I'll leave it in. <laughs> okay. I don't want Kevin's muffled singing on. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> okay. Uh, so Dudley Town had dwindled to almost nothing. One of the late, the last residents of the town was a man named John Patrick Brophy, 
Tragedy visited swiftly and in several blows. First, his wife died of consumption. Right. right. There it is. Which was not uncommon in those days. Mm-hmm. And there was nothing strange about her ailment, as she had been suffering for years. Okay, so this, the fact that she'd been suffering for so long did not lessen Brophy's grief, and he was soon further stricken when his two children vanished into the forest just a short time after the funeral. I don't know. The Puckwudgies again. I know. And while their disappearance could have been voluntary, they'd been accused of stealing sleigh bank blankets, which was a minor offense. There is nothing to indicate that it was, other than people going, hey, maybe it was on, you know, on purpose. Yeah. What's a sleigh blanket? I think just like, you know, like you have the horse blankets that you put down, like, yeah. blank, like sleighs, because it's so cold up there. Okay. I don't know. Over the river, through the woods, to grandmother's sure. house we go. Right. That's what I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so these kids vanished and were never found. Shortly after that, the Brophy's house burned to the ground in an unexplained fire, and not long after that, Brophy himself vanished into the forest and was never seen again. What on earth? So that poor family kind of went through it. Yeah. By the early 1900s, Dudley Town was completely deserted. The remaining homes began to fall into disrepair and ruin, and soon the forest began to reclaim the village that had been carved out of it. But there was still one other death that proponents of the curse have connected to Dudley Town, and while the curse may be unlikely, if that's what you believe, it does mark an additional case of insanity for an isolated region that was already riddled with so many cases of insanity. Okay, so around 1900, Dr. William Clark came to Cornwall and fell in love with the forest and the quiet country life. Clark had been born in 1877 and grew up on a farm in New Jersey. He later became a professor of surgery and taught at Columbia College of Physicians and Surgeons, as well as earning a reputation as the leading cancer specialist in New York. He purchased 1,000 acres of land in the wilds of Connecticut, which included Dudley Town, and began construction of a summer and vacation home here. Over the next number of years, he and his wife, Harriet Bank Clark, visited the house on weekends and during the summer until it was completed. After that, it became mostly a holiday house for short trips in the summer and for Thanksgiving. Together, they maintained an idyllic second life near Dudley Town until 1918. One summer weekend, Dr. Clark was called away to New York on an emergency. His wife stayed behind, and according to the story, he returned 36 hours later to find she had gone insane. Okay. Just as a number of previous residents of the village had done. The story also claims that she told of strange creatures that came out of the forest and attacked her. See. She committed suicide soon after. So how much truth is there to this tale? Maybe more than some people would want you to believe. It has been recorded that for several years before her suicide, Mrs. Clark suffered from a chronic illness. There is nothing to indicate what this may have been or whether it was physical or mental. As for whether or not she saw strange creatures in the woods, we will never really know for sure. But even if we disregard this, we still have one more suicide that occurred to a resident of the nearly non-existent village of Dudley Town. Good lord. It's a lot. This is not going to make our list of girls trips. No. Actually, that list just gets smaller every time we do one of these. Right. Okay, so while undoubtedly shattered by his wife's suicide, Dr. Clark continued to maintain his house in Dudley Town and continued to visit. Oh, no. Seems like a solid choice. A number of years later, he remarried and returned to stay at a summer house until a larger one was completed. Oh, no. In 1924, he and his wife, Carita, as well as other doctors, friends, and interested landowners formed the Dark Entry Forest Association. It was designed to act as a forest preserve so that the land around Dudley Town would remain forever wild. They held their first meeting in 1926 with 41 members. Okay. Dr. Clark died in Cornwall Bridge in February 1943, and Carita passed away five years later. 
a number of their children and family members still reside in the area. Today, Dudley Town is mostly deserted, except for the curiosity seekers and tourists who come looking for thrills. No. The Dark Forest Entry Association still owns most of the land the village once stood on. There are a group of homes on Bald Mountain Road that are very secluded from the main roads, and they belong to the closest residents. These locals maintain that nothing supernatural takes place in the region, and maybe they're right. It seems unlucky that the curse of Dudley Town ever totally existed, or ever really existed, but on the other hand, there is something strange about such a small area, with so many disappearances, unusual deaths, suicides, and cases of insanity. The stories of the curse had to have gotten started for some reason, and maybe this was why. Um, as far as we know, the ghostly tales began to surface in the 1940s. Oh. So let's stop and process that. Everything that we've discussed Happened leads to this point. Over the 1940s. And now we're in the 40s, and okay. now they're talking about ghosts. So uh -huh. just because I know this has been a very long story. Yeah. No, I get it. It was at this time that visitors to the ruins of the village began to speak of strange incidents and wispy apparitions in the woods. Even today, those who have visited the place boast of paranormal photographs, overwhelming feelings of terror, mysterious lights, sounds, sights, and even being touched, pushed, or scratched nope. by unseen hands. No. Nope. I know how fond both of you are about no. apparitions physically touching you. I don't really like anybody that I don't know touching me, so... I saw a t-shirt today that a woman had on I wanted to buy you. It had a hedgehog and it says, I don't like hugs. <laughs> I'm sorry. But I digress. Okay, don't break it on the first recording session. <laughs> Some researchers refer to the area as a negative power spot or a place where entities enter this world from the other side. Nope. Don't they, like that. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of Turbo Canyon. Yeah. They say this may explain the strange events in Deadly Town's history, like the eerie reports, the strange creatures, and maybe even the outbreaks of insanity and madness. This place is often thought of as tainted in some way, as if the ground has somehow spoiled or maybe was sour all along. Some histories and debunkers dismiss such reports and theories and maintain that just because the so-called curse of Deadly Town does not exist, then nothing strange has ever happened either. However, an open-minded look at some of the things that have happened do seem to show that this is a strange place, and one that has been an enigma from the earliest days of its history. Whether or not there is any truth to the accounts of people who have come here since the days when the village was abandoned is completely up to you to decide. I should warn you, though, that trying to visit Deadly Town today can be hazardous, mm. and not because of ghosts. It should be noted that the planners for the Dark Forest Entry Association have forbidden trespassing on their property. In 1999, they announced they would no longer allow hikers onto the land. Oh. In spite of this, many still go, now daring that not only the spirits, but the authorities as well. Wow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Unfortunately, the ruins of Dudley Town have been vandalized in recent years, and the constant stream of trespassers have had a negative effect on the ecology of the area. Just as unfortunate is the fact that the forbidden quality of Dudley Town is what brings so many curiosity seekers to the vicinity. Um, so we, um, as your friendly superstition podcasters, must advise you to refrain from visiting this area until methods can be devised to better preserve the wilderness <laughs> and until this unsettled corner of New England has been open to the public again. Maybe just keep avoiding it after that. Or too. just keep avoiding right. it. I don't think I'm interested. But we cannot in good faith tell you to go plan a visit to Dudley Town because it is actually against the law. Against the it's law. And that is the... I'm not acknowledging that. <laughs> You're looking at me and waiting and I'm not going to do it. Um, that is the rather lengthy history behind Dudley Town, the most cursed town in Connecticut. 
unfortunate. I loved the massive history lesson. It wasn't too long, because I'm thinking I might have to cut some of that. There's a lot of names, and even I was like, why am I talking about Abel Ford? Like, what did he do? I mean, I feel like they all kind of played a part in the story, so. I particularly like the... It's an okay length. We might be able to work with it. Just trim trim a little bit of the fat. In my case, (laughs) I can just take the seven minutes, and then I'll just (laughs) chop it up. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure Liam liked the history lesson. But. Oh, poor Liam. I know. Liam. I, if you guys are listening and you can hear poor baby Liam screaming, I'm sorry. It's it's rough having a newborn. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Salt, Salt Over, Over Your, Your Shoulder. Shoulder, a Redwater production. We appreciate your support. Your download allowed our crazy idea to gain steam and make it into your podcast directories. We couldn't do this without you. If you'd like to continue your support, you can engage with us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at SaltThePod, or follow us on Facebook at Salt Over Your Shoulder. You can also email us at saltoveryourshoulder at gmail.com. Special thanks to the one and only Andrew York for our awesome graphic. If you'd like to continue your support, please consider giving us a five-star review on your favorite podcast directory. This helps other people find us as well. You can also become one of our patrons at patreon.com.